Welcome to the Smart Connector, the podcast that helps entrepreneurs be the leader their ideal people love. Build your influence, wealth and success, attract others for all the right reasons and become a Smart Connector, the architect of your amazing business and life. Hello, everybody. Welcome. It's Thursday night. We're on the Smart Connector Group, and I have got such a treat for you tonight. We've got the amazing James Burt. Welcome, James. Hello, Jane. Good to see you. We've we've known each other for years, but we haven't connected for a little while. So yeah, it's good to good to see you again. I know. I remember we were on a, a four day mastermind, weren't we? Many moons ago, it we was, sat at yeah. the same table, and when you're sitting on the same table with somebody for four days in a row you really get to know them well and you actually create a bit of a bond so it's so lovely to be able to reconnect and having seen your progress over the years you've got you're a dad now aren't you and you're doing all this exciting podcasting stuff yeah Um, yeah so I I was um I wasn't young free and single but I was yeah married and no no attachments and kids I remember before I had kids things I was busy and now I think, what the hell was I doing with all of my spare time? So, yeah, lots changed in the preceding five or six years since we first met. But, yeah, for, for both of us from the looks of it, because I see your your star shining brightly onwards and upwards as well, which is fantastic oh, to thank see. Thank you. Thank you. So um, you've been very, very busy over lockdown, haven't you, James? And I think maybe the best place to start is by talking about what you've been up to because it's very exciting for anybody that's interested in podcasting. So fire away. Yeah, absolutely. So I now run a company called the Ultimate Podcast Group. So I, I started doing podcasting in 2017. And the day that I launched, uh, I, I listened to a podcast called How to Launch a Podcast podcast by a guy called John Lee Dumas, who does Entrepreneur on Fire, very, very big podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's like this free training thing. And I was like, well, let me li- just listen to this podcast and see what happens. Um, so I listened to it. And uh, I've got 14 years worth of broadcast and branding and, and media experience. I was like, well, if I add on the stuff I know about marketing, and the stuff that this guy's giving away in this free podcast training, I wonder what would happen. So the day that I launched, Tim Ferriss was number one, I was number two, and Gary Vee was number three. Wow. And I was like, well, that worked out quite well. Now, don't get me wrong, Tim Ferriss and Gary Vee have probably done better than I have in the podcast stakes, but it was nice to be their mate for even a couple of weeks, which was cool. And then off the back of that, I got asked to sort of launch other people's podcasts. So from 2017 to, to now, uh, as I mentioned to you a minute ago off air, I've launched 128 podcasts now. 85 to 90% of the people that I work with end up in the iTunes top chart. So I'm sort of, people have now given me the nickname of the podcast king, which I thought to start with, I was like, that is so cheesy. But now I kind of like it because people keep tagging me as the king on LinkedIn. I'm like, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to get some t-shirts <laughs> printed, maybe like a rubbish crown. My podcast journey started last year when I actually joined Rob Moore's Marketing Mastermind. And I realized that everybody else on it was doing podcasts. And I'd never even thought about this before. Mm. And I thought, well, you know what? I've just launched a book. And actually, a podcast is a very creative thing. It could be an extension to the book. And once I started doing it, I thought, you know, this is so great. This is so creative. It has, you can take it in so many different directions. And um, I just fell in love with the whole podcasting thing. But oh, it's amazing. Um, it really is. It's, it's an exploding marketplace. And it's still because it's really, I say it's new, it's not. It's, in two, it's been around since 2003, but it's going through a bit of a, a third revolution now at the moment. So it's kind of like the Wild West. There's no rules and regulations. There's no, 
way you know set formats or formulate ways that stuff has to be done you know the shortest podcast is like a minute the longest podcast is like joe rogan which is four and a half hours and he'll get elon musk on and smoke drugs and like lose a billion quid off the stock price of tesla and all this kind of weird and wonderful stuff but yeah it's really it's a very exciting marketplace and it's also to, to your point there you know i know a, a couple of the other people who were on that that mastermind helped dan and amy to launch their first podcast the, the property vault back in the day and I know, I know that a lot of people that Rob was training, he was like, you know, you've got to be doing a podcast. It's essential. It absolutely is. It's an integral part of the marketing mix now. But there's there's still only 1.3 million podcasts that are registered to Apple. Wow. So where is it you sort of go, oh, everyone's doing one? Well, everyone in our space is because everyone's an entrepreneur and everyone's like trying to build their own business and build their personal brand. But it's not everyone that's doing it, if that makes sense. It's 1.3 million active podcasts wow. as opposed to 48 million um, active Facebook fan pages. So even if you just took sort of like Facebook or podcast, if you could do one or the other, you've got a much better chance of um, getting genuine cut through via a podcast because it is still a medium that not everybody understands, basically, is one of the big yeah. plus points of it. And I think the nice thing about it is that on the whole, unless obviously you want to do your own ads or you want to, um, you know, get a sponsor or whatever, on the whole, they're very um, ad-free, aren't they? So there's just pure value and pure content. So I personally love to listen to podcasts as well. And I think most podcasters, they don't just create, they're also podcast fans, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. All, all of the really good ones anyway are, are podcast fans first and foremost. So I definitely was. Yeah. Uh, I remember I listened to, I, I was on somebody else's show the other day and they're like, Wait, what was the first podcast you listened to? And I realized it was actually in 2011 where I listened mm -hmm. to my first ever show. And it was a guy called, oh, what was he called? Scott something. It was called The Daily Boost. And it was yeah. this, guy in, this guy in America. I used to pay $10 a month to get his podcast. He used to, and they used to be emailed through. So you used to get an MP3 via email. That's how long ago <laughs> it was. Wow. But I listened to this guy start this business. And then he sort of, when he started this podcasting, he was like, oh my God, you know, I've got a thousand of you who are listening. I was like, well, hang on. I can, you know, I, even I can do that simple. I've got a thousand people he sends emails to. $10, that's 10 grand. He's doing quite well here. But while I was listening, I mean, he lost his wife and he talked, to, talked through that process. He moved to a different location. He found a new love of his life. They bought a farm. And I just went on this journey with this guy. And I was, you know, sometimes I'd be like sitting on the, the train to a job I hated with like tears in my eyes, listening to what this guy was going through. I'm like, I love this medium. And then I was like, I wonder if anybody else does a podcast. And then like the latest, I think it was the, the iPhone 3 came out and it had a podcast app on it. And then I discovered the School of Greatness podcast. Uh, by a guy called Lewis Howes over in the States. And that was it. That was me hooked. Uh, and I remember uh, I was out in um, Australia in 2014. I was there for my brother-in-law's wedding. And I went out running. And they had a beautiful, uh, they had like a beach house down by the coast in Australia. And this sounds like it's made up, but genuinely this actually happened. I went out and I listened to a podcast. I was running along. I was like, I'd love to do this. It was the, uh, I had mad jet lag. So I got up at like half four in the morning. Oh. And the family said to me, if you got jet, if you go out running at about half four, you might see the wild big red kangaroos. So I'm running along, listening to this podcast for the first time, going, I want to do what this guy does and make a difference to the world. The sun was coming up over this beach. And then I saw like a herd of giant red kangaroos. And it was like the most almost closest thing to like a spiritual moment that I've ever had. And I was like, oh, I need to do a podcast. This is my calling. And then I sort of forgot about it for about five years. And I came back to it later on. 
Oh, that, that's such an incredible story. I just, uh, I had that image in my head of the, the huge herd of red kangaroos and the beach at half past four in the morning. It was, it was genuinely, and it was amazing. Of inspiration. It was, it was, and I, and I didn't know what it was that he did, but I was like, I'd love to do what that guy does. And I remember I had, I had it in my head. I was like, I would love to do what he does for, like, as a job. I'll find out whatever it is. And imagine, and this time I was, what, 26, 27? I was like, imagine if I could do that and I had, you know, like, say, 30 grand cash in the bank. Then I'd be rich, which is what you think at 25. I'd be rich beyond my wildest dreams. I'd have this money in the bank and I'd be making a difference. So I remember the time when I was back in Australia, actually, and um, and a, a, a payment had popped up and I saw my bank, one of my bank accounts had popped over 30 grand and I was listening to Lewis Howes again. But five years later, I was like, Oh my God, I've actually, the thing that I said that I want to do, which I completely forgotten about, this dream of five years ago, which I hadn't really chased it, had, had just just happened again. So I actually sent him a voice note. I said, man, you were the inspiration behind this five years ago. And, and it's just happened again sort of thing. And he, he messaged me back, actually. He's like, oh, this is why I do it to, for comments like that. So that was, that was awesome. Oh, that's really, really, that's really great. So, um, so James, you're doing it now. You, you've got an amazing podcast yourself and you're helping other people to, you know, really bring their dreams and their message to the world, which mm. is fantastic. Uh, but I also wanted to uh, talk about something that I know you've gone into and on your live videos, I've been watching them and they're really, really good, which is really also about how to make a podcast work for you commercially because, yeah. of course, we're all business owners, but podcasting isn't free. People think that it is, but, you know, it costs time and money. And um, so, you know, we all want to get a return on our investment if we're entrepreneurs. So mm. let's, let's just kind of go into that a little bit because that's something that you really understand quite well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting. This is probably the, the query that I get most from people when they're sort of like they reach out and they're like, hey, I've heard you on the podcast, King. How do I make money out of a podcast? I'm like, well, if that's your first question, then we're starting off on a bad footing. But I get it. Like, I, I'm a business owner. And if you can't put cash in the till, then fundamentally, a business is there to make profits and money. And in a lot of, that's what I love about the entrepreneurial world. You know, people talk about how much money they've got, how much money they made, how much money they lost. We're very open and honest with that kind of stuff. Whereas to the outside world, and it's not like an us and them thing, but to the outside world, you know, talking about money over the dinner table is a disgusting thing. So no, no, it's not because that's how the world moves around. But fundamentally, if you want to go into podcasting just to make money, you're coming at it from the wrong place. If you love it and you can see that you've got a message to communicate and you can add value to an audience and as a byproduct, you make money, that's great. So I launched a podcast, as I mentioned, in 2017. I then subsequently launched a coaching brand and a branding agency off the back of that. So I've, I've done six and seven figures literally from a podcast, but I didn't make any of the money directly through the podcast. I know that, uh, that Rob is someone who you've worked very closely with. He calls it trickle-down revenue. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I call it auxiliary money. It's almost... is export experts mentors investors business owners people yep. consultants you know people who make their money within the expert economy or they charge for their services indeed you are going to make a lot more money via your podcast if you use your podcast as a genuine brand building tool but mm -hmm. understanding that it's a massively powerful call to action medium you can build brand awareness but i've worked in branding and pr and it's a bit of a Term that's oh, well, it's great for brand. Okay, well, what did it do for the for the bottom line? That's what I care about. 
But if you build your brand, that's where you will monetize it. I actually did it as a test. So one of the podcasts that I used to work with, um, we're getting like 25, 30,000 downloads a month. And we had a streaming platform approach us and say, hey, we'd like to advertise with you. And I was like, okay, cool. I've never done it before. But I was like, as a podcast expert, I better do it to understand the process. Yes. So bear in mind, this is a, a podcast that's helped me to launch six and seven figure businesses in terms of ad revenue directly through those podcasts, made $96. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I don't like this platform. I'm going to pull, pull the content off it and put it back onto the old platform. So you make the majority of your money as an auxiliary. So you, you, you'll be a prime example of this. You'll get investors for your property deals. You'll get people into your mastermind and into your programs and you'll sell books via podcasting. You'll do exactly the same from being a guest on other people's podcasts. So it's not so much the direct revenue because you can't even advertise on podcasts in the majority of platforms until you're doing over 10,000 downloads a month, which a lot, you know, the majority of podcasts will never get to 10,000 downloads a month, frankly. But again, you don't necessarily need to. I had a guy um, reach out to me the other day and he said, um, you know, what, what, um, what does it take to create a successful podcast? I said, well, it completely depends on your definition of success. What are you trying to do with this? Do you want to, do you want to get a thousand listeners? That would be success. Do you want to get a hundred listeners, but you know, you can convert 10% of those people into clients? That would be success. Do you want 10 listeners, but you convert all of them to become clients? Do you want to make a difference and make an impact? Do you want to be able to connect with people? You know, I've spoken on stage with Les Brown and interviewed Grant Cardona and Elena Cardona and Mr. Universe. And I've given keynote talks in Melbourne and South Africa and America. And I've you know, I've been invited to go and meet the world's leading human biologist in his studios in Miami, just like because of this podcast. So again, all of those things are almost like uh, accidental benefits that you get. But equally, I don't ever allow people to just start it to go, oh, well, I'll see what happens with it. Like, let's have an outcome. It's, you know, I'm an IPQA qualified performance coach as well. And on day one of coaching school, not a real school, but I imagine it is, they, the, the first thing they talk about is outcome thinking. Always with a client as a coach, you want to be think, getting them to keep thinking about what's the outcome. So I always start with at that point with clients say, what are we trying to do this for? How are we going to monetize it further down the line? How are we going to add to the bottom line? The other thing as well, and you, you'll probably know this as a podcast yourself, it's an incredibly powerful call to action medium. So 56% of people, they did a survey last year, 56% of the people will click a link in the show notes when instructed to do so by the show host. So you could say, hey, go and download my new book now. Hey, go and get on my email marketing list now. Hey, go and do this now. 56% of people will click that link when told to do so, as opposed wow. to the online average, which is 4%. So a podcast wow. for the same message is 14 times more more impactful than other online mediums. So it's a, it's a hugely, hugely powerful. That's exciting for me. <laughs> Very exciting. Yeah. So wow. make sure that all your call to actions and stuff are actually driving somewhere correctly. You know, make sure that your outro music are pushing to that call to action. Because a lot of people will be like, hey, connect with me on Insta, connect me on Facebook. Hey, you can find me on LinkedIn. You could download, join my group, join my mastermind project, blah, blah, blah. You're just giving two people too much information. I would say yeah. send them, say, click the link in the show. If you'd like to find out more, click the link in the show notes now. You can obviously point the link to wherever you want it to go. Great. But ultimately, it's, it's that, that's the call to action that I'd make people take. You know, click the link in the show notes. It's the easiest one to do. Amazing. Amazing. Um, so we've got some questions here. Um, so let me have a look. Uh, so mm -hmm. so uh, Ryan Greaves says, great to see James on here. And he's been following you since Champions of Mind. Amazing journey. So you've got a fan. 
I've got a fan. Um, thanks, Ryan. We'll leave, we'll leave that there. We won't mention that that time of my life again <laughs> for legal reasons, but thanks. <laughs> Cheers, Ryan. Okay. And then uh, Dan saying hello. So, guys, if you're listening in, uh, James is here. He's in a real expert, as you've probably gathered, on monetizing podcasts and, in fact, anything to do with podcasts. So ask, ask him. This is the reason why we do these podcasts live, because we do have the opportunity to engage and to get your questions answered. So, you know, it's like a kind of live mastermind, these Thursday night sessions. So anyway, um, so put your questions in the chat box. Um, right, so so James, um, let, let's talk about finding your, your topic because I find this, this very, very interesting because I sometimes see entrepreneurs and I think, well, it's really clear to me that you're about X. I don't know why, because I'm a real kind of people person. And I think, you know, you would be great if you went on a podcast and you talked about this, because I can see that it's your gift and your talent. And then sometimes they come out with a podcast idea. And I think, oh, you know what? Um, that's not quite strong enough. It's the concept of a podcast has to cut through, doesn't it? And so how? What, what's your advice if somebody came to you and said, I'd love to do a podcast. I'm really excited about it, but I don't quite know where to start. So it's a question I get a lot. I always tell people that your podcast is an extension of your brand. So the same message, the same look and feel that I get from Facebook, I should get from Twitter. And then from Twitter to Insta and Insta to LinkedIn. Yes, they're all different platforms. Yes, you've got to treat them all slightly differently, even though I'm a fan of copying and pasting and just spamming stuff all over the place. <laughs> Fundamentally, it's worked. Oh, yeah, so <laughs> I know, but lots of people are like, no, you can't do that. You absolutely can. Uh, but fundamentally, your podcast got to be an extension of your brand. You've got to think of it in that way. So therefore, if we take it a step back and go, well, what is your brand? I've worked, as I say, I've worked with the likes of BMW, Nando's, Thomas Cook. I've worked with some of the biggest companies in the world in broadcast and PR. And, and I've heard so many people talk so much nonsense about branding and the word brand. So here's the only tip that you need to know about branding and brand ever. Your brand is your reputation. That's it. Just think of it that way. Your brand is your reputation. What do you want people to say about you when you walk out of the room? That's your brand. And your podcast should be an extension of your brand. So I would say, for example, you know, like, and I, and I see this a lot, you know, clients come to me and it's very obvious what they should be doing. But again, the job of a coach or a mentor, coach and mentors are different. Let me, let me rephrase that. The job of a coach is not to give people answers. The job of a coach is to ask people questions so they create their own answers. Mm. and you guide them to make sure they make the, they get to the right answer ultimately because I've, I've worked with a lot of coaches and they're just like you know push you into a certain direction it's like that's not where that person should be going let them find their own way mm -hmm. but but with regards to um you know what's your expertise what are you really what lights you up what makes you excited but what also then lines up with your brand so let's say for example you want to um you know, you want, you're mega passionate about transcendental meditation, but you want to make a podcast for your accountancy company. You know, is there a way you can come up with that crossover? Is there a way you can link the two together? But then understand you could, you could do a podcast about accountancy, which you might find boring, but people have mega value and then you generate clients. And then those clients and that revenue would enable you to pay to do your hobby. Um, I do an exercise with people when I, when I train them is I look at their expertise and then I look at their interests. And I make them write it down on a piece of paper and I just I'll make them list it for five minutes on, and I will sit there. I've done this on one-to-ones. I will sit there in silence for five minutes. I'll just look at them because the magic as a coach is in the silence. And I let them come up with their own answers. And if they if there is stuff that crosses over and works well as a podcast, 
you can feed into it great and if not okay the exercise didn't bear any fruit that's absolutely fine but again it's about being congruent to who you actually are understand the brand that you're trying to create and the reputation that you're trying to craft and again go back to that whole thing of outcome thinking what do you want this podcast to do you know because if you are an accountant who loves meditation and yoga do you want to do a podcast that fires up your passion because that makes the the day-to-day of being an accountant more bearable i don't know why i always slag off accountants my dad was an accountant so i don't mean it personally to accountants (laughs) Um, but but um, but yes but so so that that, but then equally that you're not realistically going to be able to monetize that content but maybe it lights you up fires you up and infuels your passion but equally if you want something that's going to generate revenue you have to talk about it in a way where you can really shine your expertise the thing is as well and we talked about this a minute ago, Jane, there's, whilst not everybody's doing a podcast, the perception is that everybody is. So you really, if you're going to talk about a subject, you need to be an absolute expert, tactical practitioner of your craft these days. You know, don't start a branding podcast if you've done a Udemy course on brand. Don't start a podcast about investing if you've been to one freebie weekend course. By all means, share your journey, document your journey, share your truth. But don't try and profess to, you know, you've gone and you've, you've been around somewhere for three three days. Now, all of a sudden, you are the oracle to investing. Okay, chill your boots, big man. Let's just wind our neck in a little bit here. Let's gain some credibility and expertise. And then let's use the podcast platform to scale that, um, to scale that expertise up effectively. That's absolutely fantastic advice. And just to go back to a a point that you made just before that, uh, which was about the accountant, the yoga and meditation loving accountant. Um, I often think that, you know, that in a way that's a kind of hyper niche. And sometimes if people say to me that, oh, why do you do a podcast? And what could I do a podcast about? I mean, just people who probably would never do a podcast, but what would my podcast topic be? And I'll say, well, what are you really interested in? You know, single handicap, over 50s golfer, you know, because it's it's when you 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 have like the golfer is the is the thing, the accountant is the thing, but the differentiator is in the detail, isn't it? So the yoga and meditation loving accountant, it then gives you a little kind of hyper niche of your own, doesn't it? Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and maybe that you know that transcendental meditation and love of yoga makes you a better accountant so maybe you can thread that through and that's why i make people go through the like what's your what's your expertise your genuine expertise and what are your genuine interests and, and passions and see if there is that crossover because like you say you know you might be able to you as a as an accountancy podcast you can say hey look we're about to get into january we're about to you know everyone's going to start doing the normal panicking thing let's just do an exercise if you're overwhelmed by your account if you're mm-hmm. overwhelmed by your cash flow if you look at zero and it makes you want to pull your own eyes out of your head, let me just do weirdly. You guys will know if you've been listening to podcasts. I'm also mega into meditation. Let's just breathe in together. Let's breathe out together. I'm going to give you some tactical, <laughs> practical advice on your accounts, but let's just get ourselves in the right frame of mind, the right state. Let's breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four. It works. Jay Shetty talks about it. If Jay Shetty says it, it must be legit. So you could you could absolutely do that. And then again, that. Um, not only does it hyper niche you, which you're absolutely right, it shows who you are. So me now going, oh, in this vanilla world of boring accountancy, now you've differentiated yourself. Now I've bought into you because this is the thing. People have to buy into you before they will buy from you. Mm-hmm. Too many people stick a podcast out and be like, oh, you know, I want the cash from it. You know, I've done, you know, 135, 140 odd podcasts now. I didn't monetize building the brand for 
the first hundred episodes. And now I'm starting to get very, very busy and people come to me via the podcast or via my brand or they find me on the podcast, which sends them to LinkedIn and to Insta, which is what I talked about a minute ago. It's got to be an extension of your brand. So the person I am on my podcast, the person I am tonight on your live feed, the person that I am with my children, the people I am with my Instagram, I am the same person. Obviously, there's, there's variants of, of you, but I yeah. am the same person. I'm pushing the same brand message in all of those those places and platforms. Amazing, amazing. I, I, I love it. And I think the other thing, of course, to people who are not podcasters and some of our audience won't be, is that uh, the reason why that kind of, you know, the hyper-niching that we talked about actually works is because, of course, there's a global audience, isn't there? And that, yeah. that to me, that is a thing that absolutely blows my mind, that I get... Uh, you know, people from all over the world that say, oh, I listen to your podcast episode. And, it's you know, mad, isn't it? I love it. Yeah, you know, people in Singapore and Australia and it's like, oh, my God, you know, this is, it, it really does blow your mind because you think, you know what, whatever you are interested in, whatever your topic is, even if you were to launch a podcast on something that is, you know, seems like you just think nobody out there in the world would be interested in this. They'd find you, wouldn't they? Oh, hundred percent. I always use the example of um, finger crochet. I don't even know if that's a real thing, but I bet there's a finger crochet podcast because there's across iTunes, there's nineteen top line categories. You've got arts, business, health and fitness, family, lifestyle, travel, tech, science, religion. So those are nineteen niche categories. Within those nineteen categories, you've also got between five and ten subcategories. So let's yeah. say you've got 10, you've got 19 categories. Let's say you've got an average of you know five or six subcategories per thing. You've got a hundred proactive micro niches. Mm -hmm. And then there's micro niches within the micro niche. And again, this is the thing. You don't need Joe Rogan numbers. Yes, everyone wants, you know, Joe Rogan, by the way, gets 190 million downloads a month. It's wow. colossal. But you absolutely don't need that. To have a successful business, you could you could generally you could have a hundred people listen to your podcast. But to your point, it is absolutely organic. And this is another top tip that I give to all of my podcast clients is make sure that your content is available on as many platforms as possible. So I just launched on a, a platform called Ghana, which okay. is massive in India. And I'm now getting between two and 200 and 600 downloads a day just in India. I've got, I've got no business involvement there. I've got no link to them. You know, I don't know anything about their lifestyle, their business or whatever it may be. But now I'm getting people who are reaching out to me. Now I'm going to get business opportunities again, which will vicariously trickle down to me from the podcast. Now, could I go and deliver a business training in uh, India? Might be a bit early, uh, and probably not during lockdown for, for legal reasons. But, you know, 2021, I could probably go out to India, put on an event based on the amount of people that I've got listening. I get more listeners in India now that I do in England. Wow. So I'm basically, really? I'm, I'm, I'm a big deal in Mumbai, it turns out. When I looked into the stats, I'm like, I'm basically the biggest celebrity in Mumbai. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not. But but but, but it's really exciting because, like I say, it's a genuine organic audience. And this is why another thing I tell my my coaching clients when I'm training them on podcasts, take away the numbers, take away listeners, think of them as people. So let's say 100 people listen to your podcast. Let's say I get 200, between 200 and 600 pe people a day in India who I've never met who, who value my content enough to spend the time and invest their time listening to my content. So when you take away the numbers or the listeners and you think of them as people, you know, everyone's like, oh, I'd love to have a few. Well, would, what would you be like if you, could, if you could put those 600 people in a room every day? 
how much attention would you pay to your content then? You'd polish up, you know, your, your speech before you gave it on a stage in front of 600 people, wouldn't you? And that's the mentality I like to get people to start to adopt because this is, you know, people, I know, I know it's said all the time, it's a bit cheesy, but the one thing you can never get more of is money, is, is, money, is time. Time. So time, if people invest their time in your content, you better be respectful of that because that's a big deal. It is. It is most definitely. So uh, we've got a question. Um, what advice do you have from for someone launching their podcast to get them into the top 50 podcasts on iTunes? That's <sighs> Dan, this is, the, this is the secret source. I can't tell you that, Dan. It's all, it's all algorithmically genius. Uh, no, so basically when, when, when you're launching, the launch part of that is very, very important because you can, the success or the failure of a podcast generally happens within the launch. I've worked with some, uh, I worked on the Military Wives film launch. You know, I've worked with like independent brands. I've worked with like quite big brands on their launches, but it doesn't matter. You've got to get the first part of it right. The reason for it is that the algorithm favors new shows much more heavily. So I've done a bit of sort of digging and obviously you know, all the, the platforms are relatively um, reluctant to share data-based information. But from what I can work out from having you know done shows that are doing 25, 30, 40,000 downloads a month. I reckon for every one download you get as a new podcast, it's the equivalent to 50 of an established show. Oh, so for yeah. every one download, I reckon it's worth 50 as a more established show. Not only a download, but a subscriber and a review and a rating. So any activity that you get on your account as a new subscriber, as a new podcast, is worth 50 times that as a more established one. So let's say on day one, and this is what I always do. I always funnel people to push to one specific time on one specific day to launch. And for 14 days prior to that, I've got a whole lot of 14-day um, promo process that I walk all of my clients through. I make them warm up the cold audience so that people are ready to download your content the day that it goes live. You've excited them. You've documented the journey and the process. I found two weeks to be the sweet spot. Anything more than two weeks, and people are like, all right, I get it, James. Shut up. Just tell me when it goes live. I don't care anything less than that and they haven't really bought in enough to the process that you're walking through with your podcast um but as i say you know i've done 128 launches with 85 to 90 percent of people ending up in the itunes top charts it's not because i'm a media mogul it's not because i'm you know the uk's version of gary v try as i might um it's not because i only work with experts nearly there james I'm, yeah yeah i'm pretty much there i'm just i'm short of 749 staff short of his 750 and about 100 and 101 million short of his 102 million pound wealth. But other than that, we're pretty much on par, me and GV. Um, but yeah, so when I when I walk people through that process, the way that I've been able to make so many people successful with their launches is because of the launch strategy that I've got. Launch on one particular day, launch one particular time, and funnel all of the traffic to launch at that particular time. And then you want to make sure you've got... Because what I see a lot of people do is they spend all their time and effort and energy making a great podcast they don't tell anybody about. So you've got to market the launch you're showing the correct way. So I use things like audiograms, like the little waveform videos. Mm -hmm. I use video promos. I use uh, graphics. I make sure that if I've got a guest on that, I make graphics that feature them as well and audiograms that feature them. I'll even go to the extent of when I share out an episode link, I'll use something like a bit.ly or a shortening software and I'll make the guest's name the URL. So for this, if I was doing a podcast with you, which we're going to do one on my show in January, it will be Jane Baylor podcast, you know, bit.ly slash Jane Baylor podcast. So therefore, you're much more likely to share that with your crowd and community because I've made you feel good because I've made you the important part of it. Even my artwork, there's me at the bottom right, there's a guest at the top left, slightly larger, 
intentionally because I put you on the pedestal and you then want to share that content out. And then what that happens is, you know, you put that that because you're I'm going to make you sound good and look good on my show. You're going to share that in here subconscious there uh, in this group with two and a half thousand people. Then I'm going to kidnap the audience. And I'm not going to take them anywhere. They're still going to be your fans as well and your followers as well. Sorry, Jane, I had to take that. You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, you take them. I hate them all anyway. Um, But fundamentally, that's that's how you can exponentially grow your podcast because you can do little hacks and tactics like that. So launch on a particular day and push all the traffic there for a 14-day period, Dan, just to sort of summarise, and make sure that you market the launch of that podcast really hard. (laughs) Okay, so James, can you relaunch a podcast? I mean, if you're because I haven't really put a lot of effort. I was really busy um, when I launched mine and I didn't really know about any of this stuff. So I did a little bit, but I just kind of put it out there, really. I probably missed a trick. Mm. So as a result, my audience started off as a trickle. And because obviously I've got the group and I've been you know, promoting it, Dan's been helping me promote it across my various social media. It's kind of grown organically. Um, but I probably missed that golden opportunity. And so d- does this happen sometimes that people, they do they do a relaunch? Can they get back into that into that place where they have that opportunity again? Yeah, it's feasible. It's much more difficult. I'm not going to lie, because obviously you've already got an established show. So you've got a couple of methods you could do. Then You could either you know, restart a new show. Well, I wouldn't suggest that you do that because uh, I've had people who are like, I'm going to just start again. I'm like, don't do that. You've already got a listening audience again. Let's uh, take the way audience numbers. Those are people who follow yeah. your content. They've subscribed. They get it daily on their phone. This is the amazing thing. that This is the sort of the, un- the misunderstood power of podcasting. If I subscribe to a podcast, whenever you go live, it goes automatically onto my device. You can get onto my phone. Mm-hmm. Depending on my settings, I will even get a little notification pops up that goes, there's a new episode of the Smart Connect podcast on my home screen. So it's mega powerful. So um, so I wouldn't suggest that you, you uh, unless you've had zero traction, which obviously yours hasn't, it has had much more than that. If you've got no traction, by all means, you know, sack off, start again and reutilize this 14-day promo process. What I would probably do for a more established show, if it has got a listening audience, is I'd, probably, I'd do a relaunch and I'd probably bring it out as like a series two. So I'll take a break for, say, four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. I can see the cogs turning now. You're like, ah, Dan, Dan, are you taking notes, Dan? Dan, are you taking notes? I hope yeah, you yeah. are. Yeah, so I, I would I'd probably, yeah, take a break for maybe four, six, even eight weeks, something like that, to make, you know, make the audience kind of miss that the content's there. And then I'll do that 14-day promo process for season two. Seasons and series didn't really happen even a couple of years ago, but the the, the launch of things like Serial and Startup and all of the, the big, uh, you know, Gimlet Media, NPR, the ones that bring out series, you know, Business Wars by Wondery, they've made it really commonplace for series and seasons to be a thing. So oh, yeah. I would, so I would, yeah, take take that, take a break and relaunch as a season two. Because because what you want to be doing as a as a podcaster, really, you want to be putting consistent content out on a weekly basis. But I know, again, for a lot of people, that's quite a big ask. If you've got multiple businesses that you're running and social media channels and blah, 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 it can become, you know, another thing on your mega long list of marketing things to do each week. So it can be a bit of a chore. So it's, an even, it's a nice way to look at it because you could go, right, I'll take a break. I'm going to then hammer it for 10 weeks. I'll do a, you know, 10 weeks of content i'll maybe do like an eight episode series over 10 weeks because i'll do a couple of like pro little promo shows to start with then you could take another four six weeks off then you come back with season three 
So doing that seasonal way or series-based way, I think, would work really nicely. I love that. Uh, you, you know, a bit like uh, broadcast media, really. It's the same kind of thinking, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because it is an ent entertainment medium, isn't it? Um, yeah, and that's why it works, I think, because we're already conditioned to be used to that. Like, you know, we're, we're used to seasons in the States being, you know, between 12 and 24 episodes long. We're used to, um, you know, short-form entertainment series, especially in the UK, being, you know, between six and eight episodes. Um Chris Evans launched a podcast a couple of weeks ago, actually, called How to Ask. Great podcast. Fantastic. And he oh, actually yeah. he launched with 10 episodes so that people could binge, you know, the whole concept of binge watching. He was yeah. like, binge listen to 10 episodes. I think he probably missed a trick. I think 10 is a bit too much, to be fair, especially if some of them are like two and a half, three hours long. These episodes are mega. Oh, yeah. um, but that whole like binge concept really, really works nicely. So we're, we're already conditioned to consume content in a series. But even like now, you know, Netflix and Amazon Prime and all the streaming platforms have changed the way that we consume content, but we still do it in seasons and series. So that's why it can work for, for podcasts and audio as well. That's an amazing, amazing idea. Um, so let me have a look. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, um, just lots of people saying nice things, James. So I will um, take that. No questions, but nice things. That means they're either yeah. not engaged or they're just wowed by the wisdom. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, so, what about um, what, what about YouTube, uh, James? Do you upload? Do you recommend that um, your um, mentees or um, your the people that you coach um, upload their podcast episodes to YouTube as well? So, um, I, I, the answer to this six months ago would have been no. I said, mm -hmm. you know, do it as a separate entity. However, I then done a bit of digging. There was a big sort of like media, um, digital media survey that came out and 37% of people who were surveyed, and it was a you know, couple of thousand people, so it wasn't a massive pool of people, but it wasn't small either. And 37% of people said that they listened to podcasts via YouTube. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so yes, I, I, I'd say if you, depends on the medium that you've got. I think first and foremost, podcasting is audio-based. So what I hate listening to is people where it's like, oh, look at the screen. Oh, look at this. Oh, do you remember this? Oh, what are you wearing? Oh, my God, look at him. Oh, I can't believe that. Um, then I feel like I'm not part of the, the joke. I'm not part of the journey. I'm not part of the process. I feel like it's secondary medium. I almost feel a little bit um, not mugged off, but I feel a bit shortchanged almost, if that makes sense. So yeah. if you're going to do it, that's fine. But remember that podcasting, podcast is a one-to-one -one medium. And you can get where they are not going to be distracted by Facebook ads because they're in the car or they're on the cross trainer or they're in the gym or they're on the commute or they're walking the dog. You can get to them. At, you can get to people at a time where no other medium can reach them. So, again, respect the art. Or maybe that's because I've been a broadcaster. I'm like, respect the goddamn audio, man, because it's not, you know, it's really, really powerful. But equally, you know, these days, especially with lockdown, et cetera, you know, Be Live, Zoom, Riverside FM, Zencaster. Squadcast, all these platforms enable you to do, to do StreamYard, enable you to do video at the same time. You know, with Zoom, by default, it records an MP4 of the of the whole call for you anyway. So why wouldn't you? You know, I'd at least, but I wouldn't stick it on just as it is plain. Like you've got that like cool sort of graphic and border and all that kind of stuff. Get yourself one of them made up. Do the recordings. Here you go. Look at this. We've just gone literally 74% more professional just with a click of a button. But you can now record this. And why why not stick this onto YouTube? Because even if you get, 
you know, 10% of the people that consume the content on the audio then watch your video as well. It's it's a free platform. Why wouldn't you be there? So yes, do it, but don't do it at the detriment of the quality of the audio, if that makes sense. But again, if you're using Squadcast, StreamYard, Be Live, whatever, you can do this stuff by default anyway. So why wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. Right. Another question, James, is about um, interviews versus um, your own content. Yeah. Now, I actually started off, I did a little mini series on influence and persuasion. So that was my how I kind of launched. But then since then, I've really focused on interviews. And personally, because my business is a smart connector, then interviews, connections, actually building relationships, understanding how people build their businesses and bringing that out to the world has been something that's been quite important to me. Mm. So I'm actually um, ready now to really start pushing out a lot more of my own content, which is why I'm probably going to do a series two and actually talk really about my expertise and my history and the lessons that I can really give to other people. But for people that are starting out in a podcast, would you advise that they start out with interviews or they do their own stuff or a mixture of both? Um, what, what What's your thought on that? It's going to be a very boring answer, but I'm going to go back to it again. Outcome thinking. What is it you actually want this podcast to do for you? Do you want to be the authoritative voice within the marketplace? Then you can do solo stuff. If you want to use it for connections, then you can do interview stuff. The great thing with podcasting is that although it's a, you can create kind of like your own little format for a show, it doesn't have to be formulaic. You know, it's not like in the world of radio. Like when I was on the radio, you had to be you start at a certain time, finish at a certain time, have advert breaks, you had to say certain stuff and not say other certain stuff. You had to like lead into a a track and then you had to like, you know, tease to a thing that was coming up later on in the show and blah, blah, blah. You had all these rules and regulations and red tape and you had to sort of like, you know, dance to the beat of somebody else's drum effectively. Whilst I think it's nice to have like kind of a, a rough idea of what you want the show to be about, you don't have to be formulaic with it. So I would say, Completely depends on what you want this podcast to do. I personally, though, having said that, I find it really difficult to, I did find it really difficult to do solo stuff. I would find that I would, I just couldn't get my words out. I find it boring. I was like, what am I talking about here? I distract myself. I'm like, this is this boring? Is this interesting? So I love interviewing other people. Mm -hmm. But again, my whole thing was when I started building the brand, I never had the intention to launch the podcast agency. I never had any intention to utilize it as a way of connecting with, with other people. Um, but really, the, the amount of people that I've been able to connect with, to your point a minute ago, via the podcast has been nuts. You know, the Les Brown speaking event was via the podcast. Big name. Grant Cardone, Elena Cardone, Mr. Okay. Universe, Rob Law MB, the guy who invented the trunky suitcase, Joseph Valente, um, you know, all these these people that are now within my network. The first person I ever interviewed actually for Building the Brand podcast is a guy called Gary Rhodes. And he's the most successful person you've never not heard of. If never not heard, never not heard of. Yeah. So he's very like under the radar. His business partners with Tony Robbins. And and like, and he said to me, like, come for dinner with me. And we went to this fancy uh, restaurant and had uh, steak and fritz. Uh, in, in the West End of London, it was all very nice. You can only have steak or chips all together. It's really random. You can't choose what you have. They just give it to you and you just say thank you because it's that good. <laughs> the food is unreal. But he, but literally that connection for the for the first ever episode, uh, again, I could not make this stuff up. He was the first connection for this new podcast I was going to launch by myself. And he asked me a question during that dinner, which changed the direction of my life. And if it wasn't for the podcast, I would not have been in that room with him. 
And he's the reason why I went and met the, the world's leading human biologist. He's the reason why I've ended up training people who've been on Britain's Got Talent. He's the reason why I've launched a whole subsection of this new branding agency concept that we've got. Um, it's just been mental. So, But again, it just depends on what you want to do a, a podcast for. Interviews are an amazing way. Because if you imagine, right, you could you know get a hold of Grant Cardone and go, hey, GC, um, you know, don't suppose you fancy a coffee for 60 minutes, do you? There's not a chance in hell he's having a coffee with you for 60 minutes. But yeah. say, hey, GC, would you like to come onto my podcast? By the way, it's an iTunes top 10 podcast here in the UK. We've got an audience of business owners and entrepreneurs. I think the audience will get a lot of value from you. Absolutely, he would. Now, Grant Cardone now, Grant Cardone he follows about a 1,000 people on Instagram. And he's got about 7, 8 million people who follow him. I'm one of those 1,000 people. So when he goes live, I'm one of the only of a 1,000 people that can go. That he can invite in. So he, it happened a couple of um couple of months back, I was just I was sitting there on Instagram, just scrolling through, and it's like Grant Cardone would like you to join in live, and I was like, huh? And I got about 50, 60 followers within about three seconds of, of finishing that conversation with him, and it's really it's mad. But that that relationship would never have been there if it wasn't for for the podcast. But again, just to get around celebrities and influencers for no purpose, there's no point in that either. No, but I mean, as you said, it's building a network. And actually, I uh, did an interview which has only just been released by with the founder of Barefoot Wines. And they had a most amazing story. They are one of the most popular uh, wine brands in the world. Yeah. And they were sold to Ernst & Gallo for £100 million. Pounds. Um, and they just started off, they were like a real hippie brand in this little place in california the reason why they're called barefoot is because they're actually treading the grapes yeah, yeah yeah you know so they just grew from absolutely nothing and they've got a fantastic story and then sold their business for 100 million pounds and um i was actually introduced to them by a guy uh, called ryan foland who is a personal brand expert they're all over in california and it's uh, the thing that I love is just the ease of access, really, to these incredible, mm. inspirational international people that, I mean, we couldn't have gone to a networking event in London and met people like that, could we? No, that's it. And that is the strength of, of the podcast interviews, that you can really pick and choose the people who, who you think have got a really interesting story. And then that shapes the, the, your podcast, doesn't it? Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. Come back, you know. These are interesting people. I, I tell you what, the other interesting thing is that it's not always the people that you expect that's going to give you the biggest impact. So I did an interview weirdly earlier in the year, just because of lockdown, everything was happening, and and we were expecting our second child. I said to my wife, "I was like, let me interview you." She she's run multi million pound business. Do you remember Psychic Sally? Yeah, like the TV celebrity. She used to manage her, so she was the person who who turned her into Psychic Sally, basically. Very uh, successful in that world, and then you know became a mum, and we run property management companies, etc. I said, uh, "Let me interview." Well, I didn't say let me interview you. She kept going. When are you going to interview me? Like, no one wants to hear that conversation of a husband and wife on a podcast. But turns <laughs> out people did. We got loads and loads of um, loads and lo the most listeners I've ever had was for that interview. Wow. It was genuinely ridiculous. Um, that subsequently led on to Hayley saying, do you reckon I should do some more interviews? I'm like, yeah, you've got loads of acumen and, and knowledge to share. People do it. She went on to a podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago, literally a couple of weeks ago. And off the back of that one podcast, somebody reached out to her and said, hey, um, I love what you're about. I love the fact that you do graphic design, web design, and you, but you actually sort of get involved on the business side of it as well. And you don't just do the design, but you help to, you know, craft the business. You know, will you work with me? That has turned into a £12,000 client. 
wow. off the back of one podcast. So that again, that's the power of this medium is is insane. And there's all these auxiliary benefits you don't even necessarily know about uh, when you when you get started. So again, the, the the importance of understanding you know why are you really doing what you're doing because I like you know I nearly interviewed Jay Shetty a couple of weeks ago for his book launch. It was all lined up with his with his book publisher Harper Collins. It was in the diary. It was in his diary. And then, but then the week he launched, I saw he was on Lewis Howes, Ed Milet, Steve Weatherford, like the megastar podcast. And I was like, um, message Harper Collins, like, we're still on for this week. They went, yeah, he's really looking forward to it. I'm thinking, Jay Shetty ain't looking forward to it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> anyway, the day before, they're like, yeah, I'm really sorry, Jay can't do it. And I was like, of course, Jay can't do it. But that for me, well, yeah, what would have been the outcome of that? Is it nice to interview Jay Shetty when I've got a load of listeners? Yeah, absolutely. But then I would have leveraged that for the next 18 months to get more people in. So again, it's about the uh, the outcome for me. It's not just Jay Shetty. Do I want to be friends with Jay Shetty? Yeah, yeah, I do. But I'm going to say not really to protect my ego, especially if he snubbed me. But then the outcome <laughs> for it is what does that do for my business? It just puts more awareness on me. And again, as somebody who's teaching people podcasting, I can now talk to you about how to secure the likes of Jay Shetty for your podcast. And now actually, I obviously can't talk about that because I don't know how to do it successfully because I failed miserably. But but that's the sort of the outcome that I was thinking of in advance. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, look, you came that close. Jay Shetty, he's there for you. He's just a whisker away. He is. Yes. He is. Yeah, but it's interesting because now Harper Collins, I've got a good relationship with the guys at Harper Collins. And there's yeah. other people that are like, oh, did you do the Jay Shetty interview? I know other people who know him and he's connected with me back and forth a couple of times. And then Jim Quick got in contact on Insta. And then I've, I've reached out to like um, the body coach and all, like all these weird little relationships. Now we're going to launch another podcast in December called um, Pandemic Positives. Like a, a, the lights, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna, I think the tagline is going to be um, – sprinkling glitter on the turd that was 2020 <laughs> i quite like that as a concept but we're going to talk to you know, people like um captain tom and there's a lad who's been sleeping out in a tent for 200 days to raise money for a local charity and just like people like that but i can only and again the outcome for that understanding that in advance has to be a hell of a lot of work hell of a lot of production time it will cost me a lot of money because i'm gonna to have to pay my team to produce the content but fundamentally there will be a business outcome for it that i understand before i press a record button that is absolutely amazing. Well, listen, James, we've we've uh, we've been talking for near you know for around fifty minutes, so it's ab been absolutely fantastic to have such a great interview with you. You've given so much value to the to the group and to the podcast. And My pleasure. Thank you very very much for uh, coming on tonight. Thank you. We will keep in touch and um, absolutely. I'll on your podcast as well in January. I can't wait. Yeah, hundred percent. Anyone in the group who's watching this or who's listening on the podcast, if you're like, oh, I've got more questions, just connect to me here on Facebook or find me like search Ultimate Podcast Group and pop me an email or whatever. I'm more happy to help people out, jump on a call, or send you some details, or send you a blueprint or a cheat sheet that I've created. So yeah, find me, hunt me down. Amazing. Okay, so that's James Burt Ultimate Podcast Group. Yes. Great. Okay, so get in touch with James because. I'm sure that if you're thinking of launching a podcast, um, well, hopefully by now you will realise that he is a massive expert and with his help, you'll go further, faster. That's it. Absolutely. All right. Lovely. Thank you very much again, James. My we'll pleasure. Okay. Thanks for having me. Cheers, Jane. Bye now. Thanks for listening to the Smart Connector podcast. 
If you've enjoyed this episode, why not head over to janebaylor.com and order a copy of my free report on building your personal brand. I'd love to connect with you on social media. And finally, don't forget to like and subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss a show. Thanks for listening in and see you soon. Thank you.